I had to reassess my own life and say, do I want to stay stagnant in this position where I'm not valued for my strengths and what I bring to the table? Or do I start my own entrepreneur role and, you know, bring value to people that I can help? Welcome to Women We Should Know with international speaker, mindset reset mentor, author, and your host, Leslie Michaels. With audacious honesty and candor, the Women We Should Know podcast presents the wisdom and life-empowering insights of women who are the embodiments of innovation and social evolution. Please join Leslie as she shares potent conversations that will inspire your personal and professional evolutions. Welcome back to Women We Should Know, and I am thrilled to be with you today. As always, being in the studio, getting to speak with incredible, fierce, audacious women is always the high point of my week. Our focus here is to bring the voices and to bring the creative spirit, the paradigm-busting focus of women who are out in the world changing business, making changes through social justice, every area of life where women go. These are the women that we bring to you here at Women We Should Know, and we certainly have just such a woman with us today. Kat Ramirez has three decades of experience as an entrepreneur. Her focus is marketing and advertising and sales. She offers expertise as a sought-after consultant in these areas and as a trainer, podcaster, and as a corporate leader. Kat is committed to helping businesses survive and succeed. And that's really important right now as we hopefully do come all the way out of a very challenging year. She presents them with resources not available to most business owners because they are busy or they're strapped for funds. Kat is an advocate, an eager, enthusiastic advocate for small businesses, and she offers training to help any business, business, any business succeed, whether they need help with marketing, sales training, mentoring, or just need someone to bounce an idea off of. Kat is the owner of a woman-founded business. She did this herself. Veteran-owned and minority-owned business leader in advertising and marketing marketplace. She is an amazing woman. And she also, on top of all of this, in her spare time, I guess, I don't know how she did this, proudly served our country in the United States Air Force for 30 years. So I am thrilled that Kat Ramirez has agreed to come and speak with all of us today. Hi, how are you doing, Leslie? I am great. How are you? I am great, great, great. And I appreciate you having me on your show. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I am thrilled to have you here today. And I know we're going to offer some um, good chuckles and some great <laughs> insights to the audience. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yes. 
So before we really get rolling, I have a little tradition. I always like to ask the guests, what is not in your bio that you would like the audience to know about you? So I love wine and I love to travel and golf. So I'm a big golfer. I'm not a great golfer. Okay. So I'm not great, but I love getting out because I like to hear, you know, smell the fresh air, see the beautiful landscape. And to me, it's more meditating, mm. um, it, you know, and you disconnect than it is to be an expert at it. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been golfing? Oh my God. For a long time. I think when I started my, um, uh, role as a sales manager in the media world, it was like important to be able to socialize with the good old boys, right? right. So, and golfing was that mechanism. And so doing golf outings and things like that, you know, oh, that makes sense. And now it's turned into this wonderful meditation for you. That's right. That's right. Isn't that wonderful? It is wonderful, <laughs> but you will never find me on the golf course unless I'm at a side table at the cafe, drinking wine, eating nice food, watching, and hopefully I've traveled somewhere. So I understand all of that except golf. Yeah, no, no, I understand. <laughs> I'm fascinated by the fact that you were in the Air Force for a very long time. I want to get to your business, but yep, being a woman, being a minority, in the Air Force, what was that experience for you? Um, you know, it, it's a rude awakening because I went straight out of high school. So I would, it came from a very sheltered world. My parents, you know, were very old fashioned. So, you know, we didn't do a lot. We didn't get out a lot. And so to go from a sheltered world, okay, to all of a sudden the military and the training and um, everything that you have to go through to weed out the people that aren't tough enough, right, to stay in the program. That was a complete and utter shock, you know, a culture shock. And it was probably really, really good for me and my experience because it taught me how to survive. You know, it taught right. me really, really quick how to survive and how to figure out what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses. So, you know, the whole experience of the military in itself is great because, you know, you learn chain of command, you learn authority, you know, you learn um, how to follow instructions and to set goals, right? So all the basic premise of the military that they teach you so that you can survive and you can lead are mm -hmm. all there, you know, and, and if I was in a political position, I would probably love that if every student out of high school went to the military for two years, you know, I, I think that would be an awesome program for everybody, but I'm not in a political position <laughs> yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I might be for that if we'd stop having wars. Right. Right. And that's the other thing that the scary part to it is when I did leave the military, um, there was a war going on. And uh, after I had departed, uh, I even got I got it was to the point where I got a recall letter that said, be, you know, be on alert that you may be recalled for, you know, 
this uh, war that was going on. And fortunately for me, I didn't get recalled. But yeah, that's the scary part about it is the military is not some people I think go into the military for education or to get away from their parents and other things in their life, but they don't understand that when you subscribe to the military, you're subscribing that you're going to protect, right? Our freedom. And that means that if a war erupts, you have to be there. You have to be alert and you have to be there and you might have to sacrifice some things. And, you know, there might be some situations that happened, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, there's some good and some bad to that, you know? Sure. Sure. Well, I'll just continue advocating for gap year. Okay. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Although I don't know, I don't know if you saw in the trades and this was recent. I don't know if that was, it was a week or two ago, but women will now have to enlist or, or, um, um, have to register register. Yes. Yes. They will have to register in case they ever have another where they, um, what is it called where they pull people and tell them they have to be in the military. I forget what it's called, but a draft. um, Thank you. You are awesome. If there is a, a, ever a draft, I, I was active during the Vietnam war. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah, if ever there was a draft again, uh, women now are included in that registration. They have to register that they're 18, you know, mm-hmm. I will say that we could spend about three days on that topic. Yeah. 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 I am not short of opinions. So maybe <laughs> we'll just move on. Okay. But I did hear that. And thank you for sharing your story about, about the military. So it sounds to me like that was really a good foundation for, for building to where you are now leading this big company and having people and offices around the world and being able to service small businesses that might be a little less stable in their understanding of how to succeed. Yes, uh, definitely. I mean, hands down. Um, and again, cause you grow that compassion, right. And the empathy, um, but you're also setting, you know, standards, you're, you know, defining your goals, um, and then, you know, trying to go after what it is that you want, you know, and that's your mission, right? That's your mission. And so what are you passionate about? What's your mission? And then how are you going after it? As you were building this, as you set your passion and you set your goals and you went after it and you built this great big business, what did you have to sacrifice? both in general, because Mm -hmm. sacrifices must be made. And specifically as a woman, what did you have to sacrifice to achieve this? So I, I would say probably the biggest thing I sacrificed was leaving a corporate cushy job. You know, I was making six figures. Um, so leaving a corporate job on my own willingness, um, to start this entrepreneur role because for the fact that I had, um, I did it for a reason. Like I plateaued in the field I was in. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was being held back, right. Being held back because I wasn't allowed to keep progressing and climbing that corporate ladder that I drank the Kool-Aid and was like a cheerleader for. Right. Mm-hmm. So that world kind of like shut their door on my face, right. Shut mm-hmm. me out. 
And I felt like everything that I gave to corporate America, everything I sacrificed and gave was like just now just shoved to the side and said, oh, you're, we don't want to invest in you anymore. You know, we've taken everything we can out of you, you know? Mm. And so, so, so the purpose of creating the entrepreneurship was to really gain that control back, right. Gain that control back. Right. So that I could create my own destiny and I could create my own mission and, and go for my passion. Um, as an entrepreneur, you know, this, you make lots of sacrifices, lots, right. tons, tons and tons and tons, because, you know, a lot of the things I was used to doing, I had to eliminate because I knew that I had this budget, right? This budget right. that I put aside to start this business. And I had to take away all the fluff, the massages, the hair appointments, the nails, the, you know, any of this fluff that mm -hmm. I did, that was very easy to do with my corporate job. So making those sacrifices, you know, and for some people, you know, that's easy and they did it. And for some people, it's hard mm -hmm. for me. It was just a part of what this is the next step, you know, weed out everything I don't need to do so that I could put all my money and all everything, you know, all my eggs in this basket for this entrepreneur role. Cause I wanted it to grow. I wanted it to be successful and I needed to get past that five-year mark. Cause the five-year mark is right. that that legacy of if you don't make it past five years, your business is not going to survive, right? Because right. the failure rate is really, really high for five years and below. Right. And, and so a lot of it is it's a marathon. You're in a marathon and you're running and you're in this marathon. And how long are you going to be able to sustain the hits, the punches, right? The hits and punches to get past, you know, a certain point. And when you get past that certain point, it's not like you're not getting hit in punches. Yeah, it's, it you, doesn't magically turn into Wonderland. No, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it just means you're better equipped for it. You're just right. better equipped, That's you know, right. and That's you're right. mentally, physically, and, you know, financially better equipped to handle it. And that's, that's the big challenge for entrepreneurs. So, you know, as a female, you make a lot of sacrifices because, you know, it's your time, right? And you have to evaluate that against your family and then the personal, your personal life. And I will tell you in the beginning, I probably worked harder as an entrepreneur than I did as a corporate person mm -hmm. and it's unhealthy. And if you don't keep yourself in check, if there's not, you know, if you don't have a tribe of people right. supporting you, mentors, reminding you that, Hey, you should take care of you because right. if you don't take care of you, then this whole dream is going to go away regardless, period. Right. You know? And right. I think that's probably the biggest, biggest lesson. If I had to uh, let any entrepreneur know is, you know, it is a big struggle. It is a big challenge, but you can balance things and you need people to remind you to take care of you. You got to. Absolutely. And women are notorious for not taking care of themselves on many levels, but primarily in reference to business, not being willing right. to spend that money and that time for personal coaching, personal mentorship. They just did a uh, huge article in um, Harvard Business Review, uh -huh. quoting women who are 
immensely successful and, and senior now, talking about how afraid they are for women in business because they struggled to open doors for us and how afraid they are for women in business when they look at the fact that over 70% of them refuse to engage in mentorship, refuse to engage in coaching. And I, myself, I can't imagine that. Right. Right. And, but you know, the interesting thing is men uh, probably very easily will invest in those resources, yes, right? Absolutely. Very easily. And, and as stubborn as they are, it just amazes me because women communicate more, right? Women yes. communicate more and they're better at it, but yet women are the least, the, the least one to ask for help or to get help. You know, that's right. They, it's that's it's, right. So it's an astonishing thing. So in your world, when you are, you're working with small businesses and I'm sure you work with a lot of women who have small businesses, how do you address this for them? Or how do you amplify the importance of these levels of support for them? Um, so I, I would say probably I'm, I'm definitely not an imposer, so I don't impose things on people. Right. Um, so strategy talking about strategy. So if an entrepreneur does not know what strategy is, there is a problem, right? If they do not know, if they don't have a plan, right? A plan just in whether that's a business plan or a general plan, they don't have a roadmap and a plan of, you know, Hey, I'm here. And these are the things I'm going to do to get to there. You know, that mm -hmm. to me tells me that they don't have the guidance. They don't have the foundation, right. For their business, right. That they're really flying on the cuffs and they're really just, you know, going with the flow, which is probably the worst kind of plan to have is yes. just wing it. I'm just going to wing it and winging it doesn't work. Right. No, it does not does not. Um, and again, uh, you know, this is me, I'm more goal oriented and I'm uh, a planner. So I would rather have a milestone and marks and know where am I? Did I hit my target? Okay. We need to readjust. Where are we again? Whereas some people are, again, they're just winging it and winging it. And, you know, I, I think the other thing too, for, um, women, and entrepreneurs is this is your life investment, you know, and I don't care if it's $5,000 that you put into this business or a hundred thousand doesn't matter. Right. This is your investment into your company, into you, and you want it to succeed. So part of wanting it to succeed is surrounding yourself with the mentors, the support. And if, you know, it doesn't matter if it's, I want a one mentor or if it's a peer group mentor, right. It, you've got to have the support because when people get punched and shoved and knocked down, they need a tribe around them to say, That's Hey, right. you can do it. You can do it. You got this, you know? That's right. Um, and so, you know, again, it's just knowing, and I have referred people and told people, Hey, have you ever created a plan? You probably need to create a plan. You probably need to reach out and find some mentors, to create a strategy and a plan, you know, um, I probably have a great example. I have a, a lady that we worked with and, um, she called me one day and she goes, okay, I have my business up. I have my website cat. Now what do I do? Mm. 
And I said, well, you've got to start reaching out to people. You've got to, you personally got to start digging, reaching out to people. You have to start driving the business, you right. know, because if you can't afford to get somebody to drive the business, you have to do it. You got to pick up the phone um, or you have to email or you, ha you have to start using your resources, you know? And so I think, you know, foundation for women, you know, and there should be like, you know, Hey, here's one-on-one -on -one and getting started. Right. One-on-one -on -one and getting started because right. I think foundation foundationally, some women don't understand, you know, these are the steps and then That's right. Are you doing these steps? You know, because right. business doesn't come magically, right? Does right. not come magically, especially in the beginning. That's right. That's right. And it's really okay to not know the steps. That's another thing I find yep. with women is they have a more difficult time acknowledging that they don't know the steps. I know I had a meeting with my mentor last week. And I had a list of things. Okay, I don't understand this. I don't understand this. Because I'm, as you know, I'm going off in some new directions. If we go yep. in new directions, there are things we don't know. Yep. And women have the hardest time admitting that they don't know. Right. I agree. Yes. I agree. So I know you've been a mentor in business for almost 30 years now to other women, to men and women, mm -hmm. small business owners. What is the number one thing that you do to help women give themselves? Cause you can't give it to them. I no one, none of us can give it to them. What do you do to help women give themselves comfort with being able to acknowledge these moments of, I don't have a clue what I'm doing here. Could you help? Right and reaching out. Okay. So, you know, th this is a great conversation because, uh, I'll have to give you a great example of this because this happened recently. And, um, a client said, I need this, right? The client said, I need this. And so I said, why do you think you need this? Like, why, why tell me why you think you need this and, and what's the purpose of this, right? And let's say it's some hypothetical thing, like they needed, um, you know, uh, to be Google AdWords or whatever. So it's just something hypothetical. And I, and I said, I need you to reflect on the business that you have and who is your target audience. So I think the thing, the thing I bring to the table for people, for women, when they come to me and I'm a resource for them is I'm going to push back, right? I'm going to push back. And I'm going to question, why do you think you need this? Is it because somebody told you, is it because you read this? Is it because everybody around you is doing this, right? Mm -hmm. Doing mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. And so in this situation, and I, I remember what it is now, somebody wanted to be on YouTube and in this situation. So I pushed back and I said, you know, let me pull the stats on YouTube because I don't think that's your target audience, you know, mm -hmm. and their target audience is an older right? An older demographic. It is right. a 50, 50 year old, 56 year old. And then, so my question was, is 50 and 60 year olds really on YouTube? Cause I got a question that, you know, right. 
And, and so to me, it was, they got false information, right? False Mm -hmm. information. And if it hadn't have been me, right. If it hadn't been me and they went to someone else, they would have took their money and put them on YouTube. Okay. That's right. That's right. And so, and so my thing was, you know, let's talk about this and I'm going to push your buttons and I'm going to push back because if that's not the direction that you are supposed to be in, right. Mm -hmm. Then don't spend your money and waste your money there. And not knowing how to analyze this, right. Cause they're an entrepreneur, not knowing how to analyze and not knowing how to figure out, is this really the avenue I need to go through? Right. Right. And so just having, it's like you said, Leslie, having the conversation, just having the conversation so that we know this is the right place. Or did you just hear this from someone or read it and thought I should be there too? That's right. Oh, I heard that that's so popular. That doesn't mean it's the right pair of jeans for you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and again, you know, and the person thanked me for it. Cause they were like, you know what? I never really thought about that. I never right. really drill that you're right. I never. And so I did pull the stats. I sent it to the client and thankfully I haven't heard back about, I need to be on this platform. Right. 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 Because I made them think about the reality of it is, you know, you may want to be this YouTube superstar, right? right? But if your demographic is not there, who are you going to be this YouTube superstar to? Exactly. And it takes a lot of time to develop all that digital content as oh my god, just now learning because it wasn't part of my arena previously. It takes a lot of time, a lot of focus and a lot of, I don't have a clue how that works. Can you walk me through this? Right. Exactly. And that was the conversation I had with this person. Cause I said, are you wanting pennies off of YouTube money, right? The, the revenue off of people viewing your videos, or are you wanting the big dollars of selling your product? Right. Because you, you know, it was a high ticket product and the high ticket product is not necessarily going to be sold to that YouTuber, right. That demographic That's of that right. YouTuber. So it's like, you know, put your, put your eggs in the basket that it should work for you. Like, you know, that's when you think of ROI, right? Exactly. And so, so, so I think the opportunity or um, to answer your question is when I talk to entrepreneurs, you know, sometimes I divert them and tell them not to do that. And I don't think everybody does that, you know? Um, because again, I want long-term, I want a long-term relationship. I'm not selling a product. You know, when I was in TV, I sold a product. I was Mm -hmm. just in it for the product, you know, sell it, get done, sell it, get done. Right now as an entrepreneur, I'm a strategist, right? I'm a strategist. I'm helping people understand what is the long-term goal for this? What do you want in the end game? Because if it's to sell your your, you know, your product, you know, your solution, that's different than trying to get pennies from YouTube views. Totally different. That's right. That's right. Now, one more question on this topic of mentorship. It's a pet topic for me, and then we'll move forward. But for those small business owners who are just starting out and their budget is more limited, right? Um, Coaching mentorship can be exorbitantly expect really and worth it 
Yep. But absolutely exorbitantly expensive. Mm -hmm. Where would you encourage those women in our audience who are in that position? They're just now starting out They're Maybe they're even in the process of still developing their business plan. Yep. Where would be a wonderful resource for them to, um, to tap into? Yep. So there are a lot of free resources. Okay. And then, so the thing with free is it is what it is, right? So you're not always going to get the best product. Okay. Right. And people need to understand that when they take free. Okay. Yes. And so my suggestion to people, whenever they take free is dabble in a few areas or, you know, marry that with a paid program that maybe is a group program, right? Maybe a group. Oh, yes. A group um, program would be great and much more cost-effective. Right. Right. Because to me, the value of paying for something is way higher than getting free. But if, if free is all you can get by God, yes, take free, take it and run with it. But the, the, the whole goal of it is to grow your business so that eventually you wean, wean off free and you That's get right. into a mentorship with someone that is going to elevate your company, right? Exactly. That's in the game with you. There's skin in the game, I guess, is what exactly. we want to say. Exactly. Oh, the cost of free can be outrageous. Yes, <laughs> it can be. It can it be. It can be. You referenced the sacrifices that women, particularly, because we are still the primary caregivers to the world. Um, the sacrifices that women in particular make to take the entrepreneurial journey, particularly specifically at the beginning. Well, I said that and then I thought, no, it keeps on the the sacrifices that women make. What would you say was the hardest sacrifice for you to make you, you didn't mind letting go of the hair and the nails and the massage. What was the most challenging sacrifice for you to make security? I had a secure job. I had a very, very secure job, 27 years security. That was the biggest challenge. It was the biggest sacrifice to convince myself that I could do it. Okay. And I think a lot of women run into this. I think a lot of women contemplate this. I think it, prevents a lot of women from starting entrepreneur roles. Absolutely does. Absolutely does. Particularly, I'm going to re I want to highlight that you said you'd been doing that for 27 years. I've yep. spoken to women who have been in 15, 16 years and they won't sacrifice that. Yep. Yep. It's just, it's the biggest challenge. It's, it's the biggest sacrifice. And, and that's, that is a, a conversation you have with yourself multiple times over and over. Absolutely. Now, dovetailing on that, what was the personal belief that you had cherished for a long time, that personal idea yep. that you had to sacrifice in order to take this journey? Leslie, you have these great questions. I love it. You're good. You're good. Thank um, you. 
It was, I just, yeah. I'm just interested in women's journeys. I love it. I, this is a great question. This is an awesome question. I drank the Kool-Aid. I thought I was going to be the VP of a TV station in a top 10 market. That was my goal. That was my dream. I, you know, I drank the Kool-Aid. I was hard set on that path. And when I got to the point where I, I applied for that next, just that one step above me, right? That one, which was a tear down from the, what I wanted, you know? So I was two tears away from where I wanted right. and I got rejected. I got turned down five times. Mm. So when, when you get that kind of rejection, the writing's on the wall, the writing's on the wall. And so it, what it told me was I didn't fit the model, right? I didn't fit the model. Uh, I was a performer and achiever. Okay. But I didn't fit the model. So I didn't look the part and right. I didn't fit the model that they wanted. And, right. and that was crushing to me. That was absolutely crushing mm -hmm. because again, as, um, this was my world, it was my dream. It was right. my passion. I gave it my all. And so, it, you know, it goes to the point that you talked about is making the sacrifice. I had to reassess my own life and say, do I want to stay stagnant in this position where I'm not valued for my strengths and what I bring to the table, or do I start my own entrepreneur role? and, you know, bring value to people that I can help. That's, that's brilliant. Now, first of all, one little question, while you were being turned down five times, the people who were promoted above you, were they less qualified men? You know that answer. <laughs> I sure do know that answer. So I won't even make you answer it, but yeah. I just wanted to put it out on the table because yeah. that's how I roll. <laughs> yep. Yep. And yeah, that, I, let me just say crushing. This. that's crushing. It was always a man who got that role. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. So as you looked at that and as you took that really big life risk and you walk that path and you came all the way to where you are now what is the one thing i mean we all fall down Yep. I do not know a successful person who hasn't failed more than they succeeded. We fail our way to the top. Yep. But what is the one thing that when you look back on it, it looked like a failure then, but it is now something you cherish. You got so much from that one seeming failure. So I would say I failed a couple of times, Leslie, a couple of times, a couple, because there, I can't tell you how many times that I went to Jeff, my partner and said, why am I doing this? You know, and in tears and, you know, just miserable. And I can't tell you how many times I wanted to throw in the towel and give up, you know, give up. Um, and thank God I had him because he was like, you know what, you're just about to turn a corner. I promise you, you're just about to turn a corner, you know? And I would say that probably, uh, there are a couple pivotal points, you know? So one pivotal point was when the, the opportunity, the moment that you're seen as an expert and people start to respect you, right. 
it's not that they start to respect you start, you start to see that, right. You start to see that is such an important differentiation. Yeah. Yeah. Because you didn't have it before. And all of a sudden you get that sense of, I have this respect that I didn't have in this other environment. That was huge for me. It was huge. Sure. And I think that gave me the energy to keep going. Right. Right. Cause you're asked, you, you, you begin to be asked to present or speak or do things. Right. And, sure. and that to me is a level of respect that people identify you as an expert in your field. Right. Mm. And that's what you want. That's what anybody wants. Okay. That's right. Um, another pivotal point for me was it took, for me, it took a year to get clients. It didn't take a year to get clients because I, um, because I couldn't get them. I had no focus. Right. Mm. So when I first started my business, you know, the thing that people pounded me, they said, go after funding, get money, you know, blah, blah. They kept talking about funding and money. I'm like, why? why, you know, so I did it. I did it because that's what everybody kept saying in my ears, right? right? Saying, okay. And I lost focus. I lost Mm. focus of, Hey, you get clients and they give you money. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Clients pay. (laughs) Why don't you just get clients? So right. A whole year I spent my wheels thinking I had to get this funding, you know, to grow my business. When in actuality, all I had to do was just start getting, just do your business. Yes. (laughs) And so I remember the day that I changed focus and I got my first client. I was like, that's pretty damn easy. Let's do it again and do it again. And that to me was a pivotal point for me because if you just do it once, you know, you can do it again and again, and again, that's you have right. to just do it once. That's and right. I think that's the challenge for women and entrepreneurs is they talk about how they're not getting clients. Well, what are you doing to get it? Because if you're just talking or if you're just having people send email, if you're not doing the do right, if you're not doing right. the do then you can't train someone else to do it. You can't ask someone else to do it. Cause if you don't get your first client to me, that's a win. That's a win. You can replicate that. Oh, that's replicate. huge. Absolutely. That is so huge. That is like, yeah, I remember still. Right. Right. Or, or that one next level client. Those yes. are the moments that keep you going. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of the way business runs and shifts and pivots, we're coming out of an interesting period. We hope we're coming out of an interesting period. Right. Um, What has COVID taught you? Oh my God. Resilience, resilience, right? Resilience. Resilience is a key word, Um, but COVID taught me a, a lot, a lot. And then, you know what? as much as, you know, people hate COVID and you can also appreciate COVID because in adversity, right. Is opportunity. Uh, So anytime there's adversity, there isn't a moment of opportunity. And it's just, how are you going to seize that? How, you know, how are you going to go after it? And COVID taught me a lot of things. So I was forced to close my office. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is the first thing it taught me. So when I closed my office, um, we uh, lost a lot of accounts. So I had to size down. And then as we, so 
first off, there were four of us. So we could do a lot for just four people. Okay. So the machine was in full power. Everybody mm -hmm. was all hands on deck. And, you know, I'm so very thankful for the team that I had then and the team I have today because they were all hands de on deck and they knew that we all had to fight for this, right? We all had to jump in and fight to keep what we had. But the other thing it taught me was the new team that I had was more efficient. Mm. That the people that I was hiring moving forward that were working from home work harder than the people I had in an office. Mm. And I could see it. it's like night and day, right? Mm -hmm. it's night and mm -hmm. day. So for any of those employers who majorly think that people that work from home don't work, I'm just going to call bull on it because my team that works from home was maximum power, right? They were just full steam ahead. And I'm so very, very thankful of that. Um, the other thing COVID taught me is I was blocked into Milwaukee. My clients were in Milwaukee and Wisconsin. I was in this little funnel, right? This mm -hmm. tunnel. Okay. So once COVID was unleashed, I had this digital world that we capitalized on. And now I have clients, what, in Canada, in California, in Florida, in Europe, you know, in Singapore, in um, Australia. I mean, all over the world. Right. It opened this door of huge opportunity. No longer am I just reliant on my back door. No more, no more, you know? So that was the other opportunity for, from COVID. That's and then brilliant. It, it was, it is, it's it is brilliant. And then the, the final <clears throat> thing I think that uh, really I capitalized on or that we learned from was it taught businesses that they had to have a digital footprint. So lots of businesses out there that weren't taking advantage of the digital footprint at all, not at all, whether that mm -hmm. was Facebook or LinkedIn or Alignable. There's so many social media platforms out there, right? So right. a lot of companies not having a digital footprint and a lot of companies saying, Kat, I need to have a digital footprint. My competitor is. And because I didn't do it during COVID, I now am hurting, right? Right. Or I'm hurting. That's so right. a lot of those conversations and having a platform, you know, with the, like the social buzz and things like that to give people that leverage that way to get right. in. Right. Because we're never going back. We're never going back. Forbes pulled the, was it the Forbes 250? It was yep. more than 100. Okay. And over 70% of them said they would never go back to doing business the way they had. And then really? they would maintain and really flesh out and develop their remote yep. officing in a way that they couldn't pay attention to it at, during COVID. Everybody was just trying not to drown. I think so, that's, that's promising. I love that. Isn't that great? That's great for you. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I can't, I can't say enough about having employees work from home. I mean, it, it's a blessing and I love it. Absolutely love it. You know, I'm not a micromanager though. So you know, there's environments that micromanage their remote employees that, you know, mortifies me the things I heard them do. Oh, I can't be or work for a micromanager. But the fact that I say I can't work for a micromanager is kind of ludicrous because I've worked <laughs> for anyone, you know, for 35 years. So, <laughs> I heard that come out of my mouth and I thought, oh, 
Leslie, where does that come from? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. As we, we could go on and on, but as we get ready to kind of wrap up here, what would you say to our audience that you see as the most powerful thing women can do for themselves at this point, as we're moving into this, well, creating a whole new post COVID world. So I think probably the most valuable thing that women can do is just like with you, Leslie is advocating for each other, right? Advocating. Mm -hmm. I think the power comes from women working together and supporting each other um, and doing what they can to connect people. Right. Um, You know, here lately, I've had meetings with people just to meet with them because I've been connected to them, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever. And I said, Hey, let's, let's just connect because I want to know about what you're doing. And I think the biggest powerful thing that a woman can do is connect someone with someone else. I think if we all did that, if we all had a conversation with someone new, right? Have right. A, conver- a new conversation every day or every week with someone new and see if you can't help them, then connect them to someone else, right? That's right. Be- because that's how you can give back. That's, that's right. how you can support this ecosystem. This whole ecosystem of female entrepreneurs is how do we help each other and connect? And that is one of the most powerful ways, I believe, that women can establish equity. Yes. Because if we start establishing equity with each other, not everyone is going to treat you in kind, but the majority are. That's right. That is right. And as we start building equity with each other, we become a powerful united force instead of scattered all over the map. That's right. That's just my little gospel, according to (laughs) Leslie moment. Awesome. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Kat, it has been wonderful to have you as a guest. I've truly enjoyed this. And I know that our audience has as well. Thank you very much. Thank you, Leslie. I'm so thrilled to be on here and I can't wait to get the update and and follow um, and get this podcast and listen to it again. Absolutely. We'll get it to you right after editing. (laughs) Thank you all for tuning in today. As always, I will have for you in the podcast program notes, Kat's URL, all of her information that she wants to provide for you in terms of how to contact her. I know that you got at least one or three or five wonderful nuggets or tips or just encouragements today. So I hope those carry you through the rest of whatever your day does bring to you. When you go to watch Cat's podcast and see this beautiful woman on the video, be sure and subscribe and share and send a comment. Someone from our staff always sends the comments over to the guests so that they can respond to individuals who have sent messages to them. And as you go through your day, I'd just like to remind you, you are smarter and wiser than you know. 
Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We hope you received inspiration for expanding your own social innovation and influence. Help us inspire others by sharing this episode and leaving your comments over at lesliemichaels.com backslash podcast. For more tips, insights, and support in creating a fully audacious, professional, and personal lifestyle you love, visit our Women We Should Know community on Facebook.